Hello and welcome to another episode of the K-Stream Podcast. I am Jeff Kozlowski and for this episode I was able to chat with Anthony Barocas. He is a 20 plus year broadcast TV video producer currently based in Dallas, Texas. He has several production companies and over the last year he has done a lot of work in the remote production space, mainly on corporate clients and, and remotely producing uh, events, virtual discussions, things along those lines. And Anthony and I talked a lot about uh, cloud-based versus software-based streaming software. What does that mean and, and why you might go or opt for a cloud-based solution as opposed to something that's software or hardware-based? Um, why cloud-based has worked for him recently? Uh, he had a, a great chat about um, some of the things he's been doing with StreamYard um, as far as using a cloud-based solution. And I think you'll you'll find that interesting. And uh, we also just talked about what can make a remote production look more professional, how to, how to make your guests look good. Uh, so, so things along those lines as well. I hope you guys enjoy. Here he is, Anthony Barocas. And oh, by the way, this conversation was previously aired live on Friday, February 26th, 2021. All right, hello, folks, and if you're you're watching the stream, happy Friday! Um, thank you for for joining for another episode of the K Stream Podcast. This is episode fourteen, uh, the third we're recording this week. So um, having having a lot of fun with the guests this week, and excited to talk to a gentleman who's been in the broadcasting production industry for twenty plus years now. Um, he he runs a is a production company out of Texas and has been you know since since COVID has rocked the world has done a ton of work in the the remote production uh, virtual event production space. So I'm talking to Anthony Barocas today. Anthony, thank you for jumping on with me. Not a problem. I appreciate so, you having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so first, just kind of give us an idea. We were talking a little bit, bit about it before we we went live, but um, tell us a little bit about who you are and and what takes up most of your time these days. <laughs> okay, I'm part time dad. <laughs> so especially with with COVID and the kids at home, everybody you know, everybody around the world is dealing with the same exact thing. So it's like, you know, you're all of a sudden the parent part of your life is much bigger than it was when the, the kids went off to school all day. Um, so, you know, it's I'm no different than any other dad or mom, you know, anywhere else. Um, but it's part of the balance. You know, it's that life work balance that we all, you know, like on a day to day basis are like making making things fit. Um, I uh, have a company called Aiba Communications and uh, had that for since college and don't go looking it up <laughs> when that was um but then um uh, years ago uh, i've i've done multi-camera live switch to tape for years you know and all sorts of companies around you know around the world even and just uh lately it's been you know was of like the past 10 years, live multi-camera live switch, and then we use streaming platforms. And then it became easier to go to YouTube and Facebook. And then it's like, oh man, you just need an RTMP and you can push it anywhere. And it's super easy. And um, 
we were gearing up for this, uh, you know, some local partners of mine, we were gearing up for this huge, going to be national monthly Spartan type fitness competition. And we were boxing thing up in Pelican cases and racking them up. And then COVID hit and nothing happened. Like nothing. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> oh. And, uh, you know, like everyone else in the industry, we were just like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I was like, well, you know, let me, you know, look into what I could do remote wise because if I'm having this issue, but it's like all the people that I was working with were also kind of stuck in the same predicament in that they had events that they had scheduled that they had to postpone, postpone, and then cancel. And they still wanted to have something. And, you know, with everything going remote, I like, you know, 80% of the industry, I would say, and the other, the other part of the industry went into like other parts, you know, it's like, well, I, we used to do like a set design, but now we're going to do one of virtual sets, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, we went into remote production, which is like, how can I get a remote guest who's there into my setup for an audience that's over there? And um, that has been like a huge piece of my work for, what's it, was February now, like almost a year. And, um, you know, started out for the local arts organization. They wanted to have a virtual open mic night. And then we did uh, their normal monthly meetings turned into biweekly uh, remote talk shows. And that led to, you know, you know, producing articles and the articles got in front of a people. And then they say, oh, let me, you know, and, and when, you know, everything leads to something else. And. You know, now I'm working with a lot of companies and things have started to go what I call hybrid, whereby I might be on site for the MC or, you know, two people who are in a studio, but then uh, there's a great portion of people who are remoting in as well. So there's, it's, it's hybrid. It's not all remote. It's not all local. It's both pieces in one. And, you know, I, I've had to like find new resource new resources to make things work on an almost weekly basis it's it's like you know oh my goodness we want to have four five people but we want to record isos of all of them while we can see them and talk to them and they're like yeah nothing i have does that <laughs> what do i need to use now so so it's, you've it's had been... to learn over over the course of the year um you know, so so remote production wasn't necessarily a big part, if at all, of your business before. So over the last year, you're just, yeah, I'm sure, like you have gone through so many new softwares and programs to to kind of figure out, just kind of like I guess everybody else is doing. We're fi we were figuring this thing out as we went. You know, you you've, I'm sure you've gone through countless softwares and things like that. Yeah, it's it's um, like I I I had restream. Um, for restreaming, but then restream has that restream studio, which is that switching thing in the cloud. And then, which is a lot like StreamYard, which is what we're using for this show. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's other platforms that now do that as well. But then the recording thing was like, well, nobody actually does ISOs of each remote caller. And then I find this, uh, Riverside FM odd name, but you know, Riverside FM and this one does ISOs of all the remote callers. Okay, this is great, you know? And so we've used that on a couple projects to get recordings. And then um, you know, picking up, you know, there's like, you know, vMix and Wirecast and OBS Studio and all those tools for bringing people into your computer here 
if you've got the bandwidth. But if you don't have the bandwidth, then using a cloud solution like um, StreamYard or Restream is a great tool. And now Showflow is now jumping into this um, uh, part of the market as well. Showflow used to be just like run of show things, but it's a live document that automatically updates. So it's like multiple people in multiple departments can look at something and it's something, you know, oh, this person's not here. The whole show just collapses and now everybody's time is updated. It's it's a great tool, but now Showflow is also in the cloud multi-camera live production space as well. So, and, you know, they just sent me an update yesterday on uh, new pricing. So when I last talked to them, it was like, yes, it's going to be $1,500 a year. And now they sent a thing saying, hey, you could do it monthly for 59 bucks. And wow. I'm like, whoa, OK, so that that's a whole big different thing. And you know, it's, it's always trying to find tools that work because like, you know, vMix tops out at eight remote callers. And that's if you've got a lot of bandwidth coming into your studio and you've got a great machine. Um, StreamYard will do, what is it, 10, right? Yep. Yep. But if you're the host, then it's nine. And if you have a client who wants to watch, it's eight. You know, and and you just keep chipping away at things, and it's just. Um, so, it's finding ways to handle more people. Because I did a uh, an event where they said, "Well, we have nine, and it has to be in nine." I was like, "Ah, I only got eight in VMix, so we're going to do it in in Streamyard." And then then all of a sudden it became ten. Well, I need to be in the room, so you can't have ten of you if I'm in the room. <laughs> so we had to bring one of them into the studio so they were local to me and not uh -huh. remote and it was just you know finding ways to like strike that balance but then showflow comes in and says listen you have 10 plus a producer and up to 25 backstage so you can have 25 people connect i'm like dude that's like wow. a whole you know, like if I need to have like, okay, and then the next person, 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 that's like a really slick little feature. So and what's, and what about like, you know, communicating um, with them too, you know, that's a key piece, right? Like being able to communicate with guests while they're not live necessarily, right? Like a group, quote unquote, green room type thing. Yeah, and that's really the challenge that a lot of these tools have. I mean, vMix is great, um, and I think it has literally exploded in the past year since COVID hit because it has those eight channels built in with Mix Minus, and then you can do audio bus routing and have them all in a green room talking to themselves and then bringing them onto the show, and you can talk into the green room and talk into their ears. And, you know, I've got my thing set up, so I've got a button for each caller, and I can literally talk into the ears of one person you know, so the host asks a question to the guest, and while the guest is answering, I can tell the host, you've got five minutes left. You know, nobody hears it. It's not part that's of the nice. show. He hears it, and he gives it a little, that subtle little, mm-hmm. You know, and I know he's nodding to me, not to the, <laughs> not yes, to the guest. Yes, yes. So there's that, and, um, like, Showflow really makes that part of their thing, too, because they, have, they are more of a professional production tool. They have, like, both the show panel and... A preview panel so you can provide information to them on the preview panel that's not part of the show so they really they're looking at that from a production standpoint whereas a product like <clears throat> StreamYard is beautifully built for something that we're doing here where the host is part of the show so there's really not a need for too much backstage but you know, I've used a tool like this for actual production, like remote records, but what we did was we had everybody lined up who was, you know, a 
stakeholder in it and we brought each person on screen. We had them do their thing or redo part of what they needed to do. And then, okay, thank you. And next person bring them on. <laughs> so we're doing these remote records, but everybody who's a guest in it is able to watch it. But the key is unlike a business chat app like WebEx or Zoom, uh, StreamYard allows you to like, you, you can pay for a 1080 tier. So you're getting a 1080 recording. So that's one of the benefits of, yes, I am still doing it in the cloud. So I don't have to have a massive PC on my end. I've got seven people connected and I'm getting a 1080 record from each person in turn, yeah. or I can put four up. So that really worked out really well in terms of leveraging StreamYard, or I don't mean to not restream, but yeah. you know, restream has a similar capability as well. And talk about that for a minute. The the you know we, we mentioned a lot of cloud base and software. Talk a little bit about just the differences. You know why and why might somebody go with a a cloud based um, solution versus something that's maybe software based or hardware based? Okay, well the cloud you know cloud based is means different things to different people. I think <laughs> and, and cloud based to me like VMix is an app. I'm just gonna. I don't mean to keep promoting VMAs. I'll say no. Wirecast. Wire, Wirecast is an app. Boinks, Mimo Live is an app. <laughs> Pick whatever you want. <laughs> um, all these things are uh, apps, and they have to run on a machine that's local to you. But they don't actually have to. They they could be put on like an Amazon server or a paper space server in the cloud and run there. And whether you run it on your computer or someone else's computer, there's a couple of reasons. Like, well, if I'm working from a home office and my internet connectivity is not gonna have the bandwidth, the reliable bandwidth, because most home internet, if you don't have like a business internet that guarantees a minimum, your, your quality fluctuates. And if you can't guarantee it, then pulling it into your system and saying, I wanna have eight people come into me <laughs> and then I'm gonna send them eight return feeds as well as the stream and the record. You know, you're asking a lot of a machine. So you need a very powerful machine, which can get pretty expensive. And then you're gonna need a lot of reliable bandwidth. And in Texas, you know, stupid things happen because of politics and you know, <laughs> things are not as reliable as they should be. And so putting it in the cloud allows you to say, well, now I'm administering, I'm just looking at the screen of something that's happening on a really powerful machine somewhere else somewhere that else. has unlimited bandwidth, almost, you, know, you, you can't really get to the limits of the bandwidth. And you know, depending upon the processing power, like you don't even know what the processing power of what is needed to run StreamYard because it's not a question. Yeah. You know, and with Amazon, or if you're going to build your own cloud server for whatever app you choose to run, you can put it in the cloud and then you just build enough, you know, you, you package in enough resources, you know, so I want a four core processor, I want an eight core processor, I need this level of graphics processing capability, you know, I need this much bandwidth, I need this big of a hard drive, so you package it out and you build it. But still, you know, it's like on one project I'm working on, it's like we've got a decent little machine, it's running vMix, it's doing a good job with a couple connections, unlimited bandwidth, and it's, I think it's 70 cents an hour. I'm like, this is stupid cheap. Yes. <laughs> well, but you know, the the that you know, if you have bandwidth issues or you have uh, budget issues, so you have that level of server, you have that level of capability, and that low cost. You know, it's like, yeah, it takes time and time is money to get it set up, to get it to where you need to be properly outfitted and, and all this stuff and then get your controls so you can properly interface with that remote thing. But you can do it with a lightweight 
laptop. You can do it with a, a lightweight desktop. You don't need a you know, great, powerful gaming machine with a huge graphics <laughs> card in order to have somebody else's machine do all the hard, hard work. Yeah, it's it, you know, and you're also considering just kind of the the type of work or the type of events, quote unquote, that you're doing. Like you said, for something like this, where I'm just, you know, I'm talking to one person and I'm part of the broadcast and I just need, I want to get it up on, on social channels, something like a cloud-based or, or browser-based solution like StreamYard is perfect. Um, and, and you kind of, you know, I, I want to talk about just an event that you actually wrote about recently. Uh, I know you do some work for the streaming media publication, and I saw an article where you, you know, you kind of laid out uh, your kind of thinking and decision-making process behind how you went about uh, eventually, you know, purchasing and using a, a software for, was it a Habitat for Humanity event? Um, yeah. And, and yeah, you, I, you know, I, t talk a little bit about, you know, what the event was, kind of what your, you know, the problems um, that you were kind of facing and or, or the questions that you were facing and how you ultimately kind of got to to your decision. Well, I was brought on for this, um, this summit that they were going to put on. And, you know, it's like any corporate, you know, quarterly meeting or leadership event or anything like that. So they're all kind of, you know, especially with remotes. And this one was going to have a lot of remotes. But the key thing is they were going to have a panel event after a panel event. I mean, literally, like the panel event would have five people in it. And then, okay, thank you. And next, we're going to have this panel event. And part of doing remotes is you need to onboard the next panel event while you're in a panel event. And so we got to the point where, you know, like I said, VMix has eight and I could bring eight in and I could do eight and I could send eight out. That's not the, that's not the problem. The problem is um, having five and then one holdover and then four more. That's more than eight. I can't do two panel events in succession like that. I could do one, but the fact that there was no break between them where I could do the onboarding for the next one in between, you know, because literally it was like a two sentence transition between this panel event and the next panel event. Wow. So if I'm getting the next ones on 10 minutes early so that I can make sure they're all there, hey, I see you, you sound look good, sound good, touch your camera down, you know, okay, make sure you can hear me, turn on, you know, turn off the, you know, air conditioner, tell the guy to stop mowing, things like that. Um, <laughs> I decided, listen, you know, there's not enough time and there's not enough resources with vMix. And even though StreamYard does not have the back channel communication, I, you, know, you can text chat and it's always on the screen there. So it's not like it's hidden in a bubble mm -hmm. somewhere or hidden in another pane. And you know, I said, listen, we'd be much better off doing this in the cloud using StreamYard because of the, the you know, literally cascading panels. There just aren't enough resources and capability in a hardware-based system like vMix. Now, you could take two vMixes, but then you need two operators, one to onboard and one to run a show, and then you ping-pong between the two vMixes. So you got two operators, two systems, and you've just kind of doubled your production cost, yeah. which didn't fit in the budget. So it was getting it to fit in their budget while also handling the 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 creep of people because then it was like yeah oh and we want to have this other person on to introduce the panel so wait they're only going to be on for like two minutes you know can we record that make that a video because then that would reduce the number yeah. of people and we could get it to fit no 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 we want them live okay you know so you know there's some of the constraints of what the client wants to do and 
how we can facilitate that within budget and still have, you know, it's like, it's not gonna look as pretty as, or and I'm not gonna have as detailed capability of how the frames are gonna look as I would with VMix or Wirecast or any, you know, really detailed production tool, but Wirecast or Restream or any of the cloud things allow you the capability to handle these large groups of people. Now, I haven't delved into Showflow, but Showflow is supposed to have a, very, a really robust backroom, you know, where a director can talk to people. And honestly, it's not limited to these things. There are numerous capabilities, uh, mm -hmm. solutions out there. Uh, there's Neural Net, which is a, a great system, but it's a higher end broadcast system that's designed so that you can bring in 20, 30 people into a backroom and then connect them to a production system over NDI. So you get really high quality as well as back channel communication, mix minus and all this stuff. And now there's um, OBS Ninja. I just throwing this out there mm -hmm. for people who are like, you know, what else you know can I do? Yeah. OBS, Nin OBS Ninja is sort of like a structureless thing. And it's like, you kind of make it do what you wanted to do. Uh, the person who built this just sort of like built the construct, but he didn't say, and this is a room and this is, a, you know, like you just make a room and then the room has certain features. Like I can still get an individual feed from everybody in the room, but then I can feed my show program into the room so everybody in the room can see it. Mm. So that's my return. And then there's also, if you're in uh, the control panel for OBS Ninja, you've got a direct talk back to each person that's not nice. part of the show. I mean, like, this is pretty capable. I haven't really delved into it because it really is like, you know, you have to like put the pieces together yourself and to make it work. It's not a pre-built solution like StreamYard or vMix. Mm -hmm. Man, as a as somebody who owns a production company, are you, do you buy these softwares just kind of like based on client needs or do you get them just it's like, do you have all of these subscribe? I would imagine managing all of these subscription, <laughs> all of these subscriptions gets to be a little bit of a headache, but maybe, you know, there's probably, uh, I'm sure somebody that's been doing this a long time, there's an easier way to go about it or maybe not. Well, thankfully, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, you know, I, at one point it's like I owned Restream and, and uh, StreamYard and, uh, zoom, uh, uh, you know, high-end Zoom license, and uh, you know, it's like you just you start adding things, and then it was like, you know, listen, I, you know, most of these things are available monthly, and yep. it's it's part of it's like you know, well, you know, you're going to pay for this or this or bandwidth or or something, and it's just part of the production cost. So at this point, you know, um, I've signed off of most. I don't have a yearly contract to anything. Not anything. I have a yearly contracts, two things. But I, sure. I, what I, what I do is just like you know, when I have a client that needs Streamyard, I pay the fifteen or nineteen dollars for that month. I mean, nineteen dollars to be able to you know have a whole I month, know. Uh, full ten eighty recording. I'm like, that's nothing. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. like what a cassette tape used to cost. Just like, oh well, this client's coming. We need to buy a few cassettes. Well, the cassette was twenty three dollars. You know, <laughs> and it allows you time to. I mean, um, you know, you buy something for a month. You also have plenty of time to test it. Theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and a lot of these things have free tiers where you can go in there and play around and it doesn't give you yeah. all the capabilities, but if you're just trying to see what the interface is like and things like that, going in at a free tier is, is a great way to do it. It's just at this point, you know, there's, there's so many cascading projects, then, you know, the, the, the interesting thing with uh, live production is, oh, this production is only two days. You get the rest of the time. Well, no, because all the other days are taken up with the pre-production for the production you know, in the remote tests and yes. let's build this, let's build the suite and everything, you know? So, you know, we started to get into like prepackaged 
online platforms like uh, Hopin, like Airme, yeah. and uh, and other things, which you know they can do multi-camera live switching sort of in their platform, but then they also offer registration. Uh, management, commenting, questions, polling, reactions. Uh, Airbeat has this big lobby where people can sit down, sit down at tables and then strike up mm. miniature little video conversations at the table, which is you know pretty slick. And then they've got an arena where you can like dedicate something to particular like clients or sponsors. So oh, I want to go to the Sony wow. section. You go to the Sony section, you can sit down at the table with Sony representatives and talk about things. So it's it's like a conference type of thing, you know, where you really. The mentality of those platforms is very similar to actually attending, like I'm going to a hotel and there's the conference and here's session yeah. A, B, C, D. And outside there's a lobby where people can mill around, sit at a table, talk with people and network. And then there's booths in an exhibit area. So they're really echoing that real world situation in a virtual environment. And there's a lot to it in terms of understanding what can and can't be done. Like one of the limitations is as a producer in Airmeet, I can't be the host or producer of more than one session at a time, mm. which as a producer doesn't make sense. It's sort of like once I get the speaker on stage, I need to leave this room, go to the next room, make sure this is going good, leave this room because that's what a producer yeah. would do. That's what the host would do. But Airmeet is sort of like if you're the host of this session, you can't leave this session without closing it and you can't go into any other session while the session's active mm. i'm like no you guys gotta rethink that <laughs> yeah because again they're thinking they're thinking in terms of like the speaker is the host and that's not something that really exists the speaker just i'm just here to speak i'm i'm not running the show i don't I don't want to know anything about the backstage. I don't want to know anything about how every, all this works. I just want to be like brought on stage. Hi, welcome, blah, 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 blah. Thank you very much. And leave, you know, yes. just like just like a real event. Yep. So these platforms, and like I said, I haven't checked out Showflow, but these platforms are not designed to have behind the scenes producers with this really weird control of everything, but not be seen at all. And you mentioned you you're starting to do some more hybrid events. I mean, do you do you think moving forward we'll see softwares like some of the ones you mentioned hop in and things along those lines, AirMeet integrated somehow into in person or you know events like you said that are hybrid that have some kind of an in person aspect as well as a virtual aspect? Absolutely, I think. Going forward, I, I think people are going to realize that, I mean, it, and it works both ways. People are going to, uh, you know, event organizers, companies are going to realize like, hey, you know, it, it I, just as, as an aside, it, you know, think of before COVID, how many companies like, no, 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 we can't do remote. Everybody has to be in the office. And then they were forced to be remote. And then we're like, so why do we have all this office space? <laughs> Do we really need to do all this? I mean, we got seven floors in this building and we're doing just fine with less than one. So, yeah. and you know, and, and it's like, I know my wife is like, you know, it's like, hey, listen, if I don't have to go into the office five days a week ever again, I'm fine with that. And I know a lot of people Agreed. are echoing that because, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, like I said, the, the, the work personal life balance is very different when you're at home and able to take care of things and still get work done. Um, but that said, I, I think to your question, I think people have had their eyes opened, you know, maybe against some of their will that 
all of the audience doesn't have to be there. You can reach a much larger audience if you have a speaker on a real stage with a real audience, but you also make that available online uh, live, you know, even if it's paid or unpaid or whatever, but have a platform that's tied to this real event, you know, so it's in both places at once. Similarly, I've had speakers contact me saying, listen, I've been asked to speak at an event, but I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get on a plane and travel. You know, how can we do this remote? So there's, you know, you can have a live event where the speaker is on stage, but they're actually still remote, but it's still, they are being piped into this room and they can see this room and they're interacting with this room, but then they're also in the virtual room. So speakers can be remote, audiences can be remote, in addition to the speakers and audience that are local. You know, there's, there's four components now, as opposed to it just being local or just being remote. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking, you know, I, uh, a virtual event in December that I helped produce. It was an event, a yearly event that was traditionally all in person, um, like most of the ones you mentioned. And I uh, spoke to a couple folks after the event as far as, you know, got some feedback. And, you know, a couple people were, were very much surprised at how they were still able to feel like they were able to network with other, you know, a lot of people go to in-person events to network and not just watch the event, but they want to meet people in the industry and, uh, and, and learn. And so, and they still felt like they were able to get that connection in a virtual environment. And you're mentioning stuff like this air meet where, you know, people can, still like sit in these waiting rooms and network and and that I can picture being integrated somehow into a uh, a hybrid event so such such just interesting possibilities yeah i it's it's i think our eyes have been opened to the fact that it's not a here nor there exclusivity yeah. exactly and and um so just a couple more things, Anthony. Don't want to take up too much of your time, but you know, I've also seen you. You know, uh, with, with this um, all remote event streaming world, um, how can people? You know, we, we obviously we get a lot of guests that are in their homes, uh, you know, and and not familiar with uh, remote productions or doing things in that way. They're used to showing up at an event dressed up and and they go on a stage that's already set for them. What are some things that, that you can tell people to kind of, I don't know if easily is the right word, but a couple of like quick fixes or, or you know, kind of certain things you're always thinking about to help make a remote event look more professional? Well, I mean, I, I'm doing a couple of them right here. Okay, not these headphones, but you know, <laughs> I, I, could, I couldn't find my black earbuds. Uh, but if you if you have earbuds or tell the guests to get a pair of earbuds and they can put them behind their head like this, mm. it's very discreet. Um, this is something we have portable kits now that we send out for higher quality where we can control it and include it in the kit as a pair of black earbuds and they go behind the ears and they're cinched back so you don't see the earbuds. And it's just like, I'm talking to you without honking big headsets or a big boom microphone or yes. dang dangly white, you know, okay, these are not iPod headphones because there's no microphone. <laughs> you know how hard it is to find a pair of headphones that don't have a microphone in them? These I days? can it's imagine. Like <laughs> but anyway, so um, I'm gonna do a shameless plug if I can, am I allowed to do that? Please. Okay. So if you go to if you go to this website stream for us, there's a page called um, what is that page called? How to look awesome. I'm looking at it now, and on that page, can I share my page? Is that allowed? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
There it is. I'll add it. And, Let's see. Here we go. So right over here on the right-hand side, you've got how to look awesome. And then on this page, there's like, you know, make sure you look awesome. So you click on this and it'll tell you like dress well, um, elevate your camera to eye level like I did here, you know, because it's like if it's looking up at you, it it looks and feels like, you know, it's a laptop camera. Um, prepare your presentation so you you are prepared, just like you would if you were going on stage. Let me run through my notes. Let me have uh, put it up in front of me. You don't want people constantly going. And on the thing, I you know, and they're looking off <laughs> their PowerPoint off to the side. You know, uh, pick a good location. Um, you know, that's a key thing too because you want to have a quiet place. You want to have a place where what we see behind you is either not distracting or it's relevant. You know, and this is if anybody's seen my tech videos on YouTube. Um, it's the IEBACOM channel. Um, the this is the same background, so it's all about lenses and gear and stuff like that. So this is my tech channel background, which is relevant to streaming. Uh, but if you're uh, a sports fan or something like that, have some have a helmet or you know some awards behind you, or you're you know you're talking about fitness. You know you have some fitness stuff. Um, do you have headphones? That is absolutely, I think, the best number one thing. Because when you have headphones on, the show audio does not go into the microphone, and the microphone only picks up your voice. That's a key thing. And then having uh, a, is your internet awesome? Well, you know, there's not a lot of you can do about that. Um, and then I have specific uh, recommendations for connecting in vMix and StreamYard because that's what people would be connecting to me in. And then uh, I also talk about uh, using a microphone uh, stop screen and. I'm using the microphone in the webcam, but location is another key factor, having a room that's quiet. So if you have a, a office with a wood floor and it's square with hard walls and a hard ceiling, it's gonna sound like a box. Yeah. But, you know, and technically that's what I have here in this room, except because it's also, it since COVID, it has become my production studio. I put down some carpet and I put some sound tiles up above me to help suck up some of that reverb so it doesn't sound so echoey. But in a house, if you have a room with some carpeting, you have some cloth furniture, uh, usually bedrooms work really well. And I know nobody wants to actually be doing lives from their bedroom, <laughs> but you take the camera and you aim it away from your bedroom towards yeah. a wall so that you're appearing in a nondescript background with a clean background behind you and it's quiet and you can close the door so that pets and deliveries and things like that, you know, cause you know, Amazon comes, drops off something at the door and the dog goes nuts, you know, things like that. Well, that's <laughs> that's downstairs or in another part of the house and you're able to be where, you know, in, in a live show. And like I said, if you dress up nice and here's, a, here's an interesting thing, I've got it set up on a standing table here. And when you stand, I think this sort of is, looks very different than when you're sitting and you know, you're stopped. So how yeah. you have guests, to, you know, look at a camera that's eye level. I'm talking to you, and we've done award shows where people dressed up in tuxes and everything. And yeah, they were still at home, but you know, they picked a plain wall. They're dressed in a tux. You know, it's part of a show, and you know what? It it worked because you know it looked like you know the guest who was on was there for an award show, and you know that's what really makes it. You know, the effort you put into it is the effort that comes out of it. Anything and it just just made me think of a another piece to events and that's flow, um, you know. And I guess a lot of how you kind of handle the flow of an event is based on, you know, the the solution that you pick and its capabilities. But it's interesting. I was talking to 
a, a gentleman who's actually he was a teacher in a middle school teacher in uh, Austin, Texas, and he was telling me. So he you know was in the midst of uh, online learning and, and and Zoom classes and everything, and and he. Previously, you know, he had been into like streaming tech and video tech. He had a YouTube channel, and whatnot, and he said the biggest, the uh, one of the pieces of equipment that's been the most key to helping at least the flow of his classes has been uh, the Stream Deck from Elgato, uh, something like that, where you know he can he can if he's transitioning from you know one thing to another of course maybe it's different with kids <laughs> because you know kids in middle school especially if you're if you're spending more than 30 seconds of silence and and you're online i mean facebook and twitter probably look a lot more appealing but um something like that has you know helped him with the flow and just kind of keeping things moving um, has that been an element to some of the remote production you've done, or is it really just about, you know, kind of, we already talked about some of this, the, the softwares and the solution, cloud-based solutions that you choose? Well, in the, in uh, most of my work is corporate. So I'm not, um, doing a, most of my work is not public audience work. Um, so I can definitely see, because <clears throat> when I watch videos that my daughter watches on, on things, even if they're, you know, obviously live produced, I mean, they're constantly cutting between things, a close-up, a wide shot, a funny thing, a, a clip, a da-da-da-da, things are shifting left and right. And, and it, there's a much faster visual pace than for corporate work, which is like very, I'm talking to you, I'm delivering this thing, and it's yeah. on this shot for like a good minute, which would kill something if you're trying to reach a 13-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just being honest, you know, I do use a stream deck. I have, you know, the show I just finished yesterday, I had my keyboard and I had two stream decks in front of me. So I had one stream deck for the call ISOs and I had one stream deck for the show. And, you know, we had like but a couple call-ins for the thing and a stream deck makes it easy to access things. I mean, I also have on my, my laptop in front of me, I've got, you know, the keyboard relabeled with a labeler for my uh, vmix show just because my stream deck wasn't big enough and i'm like well heck i got this big old keyboard in front of me i'm just gonna relabel the keys and you know so it can be anything you want you know you can get little usb sticks with just a row of buttons and you know and, and just making it comfortable for you but i think uh the pace of a show is appropriate to the audience of the show and you know i definitely think having a good flow and part of a good flow i just touching on another recommendation is you know on shows that I've had that didn't go well, the, the problems have been that everything was last minute. Uh, artwork wasn't coming in until the day before that day. Um, you know, we, like one show I did, it was, it was sort of like, well, I kept asking, well, where, where are the lower thirds coming from? Are you doing the lower thirds? Do you want us to do the lower thirds? The night before the show, I still didn't have an answer. So I told, uh, you know, the, the second producer, I said, listen, make some, make all the lower thirds, you know, because we're not getting them, you know, we're not getting an answer. And and that production time could have been better spent doing something else. And then the other thing that really helps uh, a good flow is rehearsal. Yeah. The, show that, the show that didn't go well, we didn't have a rehearsal. Um, we basically had a tech check crammed into the back end of setup day, which should have been separate anyway. And because we were still working out technical issues and then we did a couple of tech checks and then the following morning, 8 a.m., boom, we're in show. Yeah. And literally, there was no time to walk through how does this person introduce the remote person? How does the remote person come back to the stage? How does, you know, and 
it was it is it did not go as smoothly as it could have and the easiest thing to make that work is having a rehearsal even if you don't play the videos in full even if you're not doing the whole prompter thing in full um but just having the time to say okay tom you know now we're going to talk to you know we're going to introduce mary so well, well how do i do that what should i say that's what we're here to figure out you know so having that worked out in advance and then marrying us okay thanks john hey today we're going to talk about this and now let me introduce yeah. this video boom and that flow comes from rehearsing this so as much as people think oh yeah, yeah we'll just go online it's just like zoom it's not just like zoom this is television <laughs> yes yes well thanks so much anthony for for the time um where can people Learn more about you, or, or find your work. Um, let it, let us know where we can where we can find you. Well, obviously, my company stream for us, but also uh, streaming media magazine at streamingmedia.com, and then you click on the producer. Uh, I'm one of the writers there, contributing editor, and so there's a lot of articles about remote production, live production, cameras, gear. I'm a gearhead. You can see that. <laughs> and then uh, I also have a tech channel on YouTube called Aiba Tech Thoughts, or you can just go to Aibacom. Uh, just search for that on YouTube, and um, it'll show up. And that's basically the three outlets people can find me. Perfect. And I'll I'll put some of that in the in the show notes and and the comments for for some of these social videos. Anthony, I know I've learned a lot today. I'm taking notes on all of the. Uh, softwares and names that you you dropped during the show, so I'm excited to to maybe get to some testing. Thank you so much, uh, and best of luck moving forward. Well, thank you, and I and I hope uh, some of this stuff has been useful to people. You know, I I you know people say, man, how do you know so much? I'm like, dude, I'm still learning too because there's always yeah. somebody else that knows more about a particular thing. That's what I've found in just doing this podcast. Um, if if anything, if nobody's watching it, that's okay because I feel like personally I am learning a ton, and and it's been uh, it has been a pleasure. Well, it's been a pleasure to be on here. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in again, and. If you've made it this far, I'd really appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Again, thanks so much. Be safe. Be well. Take care, everybody.